Welcome to Every Step Podcast. I'm Christina Weston. And I'm Judith Beck. Every Step is the podcast where career and life meet. With a new guest every episode, we explore the gutsy issues affecting everyone in the workplace. Welcome to part two of Love at Work. Judith and I are joined by Elizabeth Best, host of the podcast, Ghost of Boyfriends Past. If you haven't listened to episode one, please do so because that's the introductory episode to this session, which is it seemed like a good idea at the time. So Judith, we're going to run through a series of, well, real life, I guess, questions or scenarios, and we're each going to have a crack at seeing how we would respond under each of those scenarios to Judith. So Judith, why don't you take it away with the questions? Yes, great. And also, can I just emphasize, these are real life questions. I mean, these are things that have happened. So the idea is that we want you, the audience, to under, to be able to relate and go, okay, that's happened. And we're all going to just say what we would do. So you're in your late 20s. You're single and you're fabulous, of course. And you're working in a new team with other 20-something people. But you find yourself attracted to one of your team members. What would you do if they asked you out for a drink after work? Who wants to be the first? Christina? Oh, no, Elizabeth can go first. (laughs) This is a problem, Judith, because if I'm in my late 20s and a colleague's asking me out and I think they're cute, I'd probably say yes. But in my 30s, I would say, think about it. Yeah. I mean, at this stage, I think let's be let's be practical. At this stage, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be just be a drink. You might. I mean, how many how many dates have we all had that ended after one drink? So mm-hmm. you know, by all means, go out for a drink, and then work out. You know, it might be another drink, and it might be a lunch, and it might be something else before you actually go out on a date. But at the point that it becomes, you look like it's going to be a date. I think that's when you need to both have a conversation and go. It's a bit of pressure because it's like, is this is this real? Is this is this on? Are we just friends with benefits? Is this a relationship? Or have they just asked you out for a drink because they think you're cool and want to be mates with you, and there's no anything mm-hmm. behind it at all, and exactly. you've completely gone to marriage and walking down the aisle in your head? Exactly, exactly. So they asked that's you out a for good a drink. answer. For that's a good answer. You don't need to overthink it. Yeah. So if you're attracted to them and they've asked you out for a drink and you want to go, go for a drink. But don't, okay, this is what I would do, girls. <laughs> I would, if I was attractive, I'd go, I'd say yes. But I would keep a time limit on it. And I would go for that drink and I'd say, oh, yeah, I can, um, yeah, we can go next door for a drink, blah, 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 really sort of nonchalant. I need to leave by 6.30 or whatever. Put a time limit on it because, one, you want to know whether or not, um, yeah, they might be kind of cute, but they might be total dorks. And I might not like what they're saying when I'm talking to them. And I want to be able to go nicely without hurting their feelings. Like I said, I have to leave by 6.30. Thanks for the drink. And I'll see you at work tomorrow. If you do like them, um, well, then, you know, you take it takes its natural course. The next time might be lunch and not a, not a drink. So that's what I would do in that case. You're good at setting boundaries, Judith. I would just text a friend and be like, call me in an hour. Like, and then I would make them let me exit rather than being like, I have to leave by this time. Exactly. It's the same as internet. Like you're meeting people through the internet and you're meeting them for the first time in real life. You think about the same. I guess it depends on how, how well you know them because often 
you get to know people quite well at work. So by the time they ask you out for a drink, you've got past all of that. The thing when when I when we first had drinks, um, my ex and I, we had been working together for five years. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say no because he was my friend. But then it was quite obvious on that drink, even though we both had partners at the time, that there was something there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a tricky one. What would you do if your boss asked you out and you had no interest? You're both single. So we're all, we're always going to assume everybody's single. Yeah. I would, I would just say, Oh, thanks. Whatever your name is. I'm, I'm really flattered, but it's not, it's not right for me or I'm, yeah, I don't think it's the right thing for me to do right now. I would, I would actually say, thank you. I'm flattered. And then find a nice exit. So yeah, I feel like problem. there needs to be the compliment sandwich with this one if they're your boss. So you need to be like, ah, oh, you know, even if you're like disgusted, you need to, uh, there's that awkward, yeah. thank you so much, I'm flattered, um, but it's not the right career move for me at this time, you know. Or I mean, yeah, if, but, if you said that, then. Or I don't believe in mixing work, you know, I'm really flattered yeah. and I think you're a great guy, but I'm, you know, I'm really not, and I'm not into mixing work and and my personal life. But you, you guys are assuming that he actually has interest in you. <laughs> Maybe he's asked you out. He's asked me out. I know, but he might have just said, hey, Elizabeth, do you want to go for a drink after work today? And because he, and he hasn't said um, why. And maybe he just wants to talk about a um, a project or you whatever. You would know. You talk know. about that in work hours, yeah, honestly. Exactly. Like anyone who asks you to spend time with them outside of work hours does not have work on their mind. Correct. So Correct. therefore, you need to keep. So so therefore, you don't want to assume that's because he likes you. He just might. This is the only time. Uh, and I'm saying he it could be a she as well. Yeah. Ask you, you know, to ask you out. Um, <laughs> You could say something like, oh, I um, I can't do after work because I've got commitments. Um, is it something that you want to discuss with me about work? If you don't know, like if you want to find out, is this is my boss interested in me or is he just trying to, um, you know, this is the time that he has to ask me about. Yeah, well, if he just um, said. If he just said, do you want to come for a drink? I'd probably assume he likes me. But if he said, do you want to come for a drink to talk about a project? I'd say, oh, I'm really busy after work, but do you want to set a meeting time later in the week? You know, yeah. something during work hours. But honestly, I feel like if they don't specifically say to talk about X project, then they don't have work on their mind. I agree. Okay, I agree. so what would you do if you were interested as well? I would still say no. Like there's just something for me about the the boss dynamic. Like it's very different if you start out on the same level and then someone gets promoted within a relationship. But starting out with that with that off dynamic just feels icky to me. I, I personally, I would, even if I was keen, I would probably say no or potentially say yes and start looking for another job if I really liked them. Yeah, I think that's sound advice because things can go awry pretty quickly. If that's really work out or if things don't work out, it just gets really messy. Yeah, really. That's exactly. And if it's your boss, you know, you again, thinking it through to the, to the conclusion, if this doesn't end well, Am I prepared to leave my job? Yeah. So what is the risk factor? So I like <laughs> I like my boss. 
when it's a colleague, you kind of don't need to overthink it. But when it's your boss, you can't overthink it enough, I think. Yeah, exactly. So it's, 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 it is a tricky one. And if it was easy, we wouldn't have to do a podcast. (laughs) That's right. Um, So you have been dating someone in your team. However, you're no longer interested in going out with them. How do you break it off without damaging the work relationship? I'm already in a panic. (laughs) (laughs) My internal system just started freaking out. Yeah. Um, I am... I'm not sure that there's a a right way to do this. I think it has to be based on what you know of the person and the way that they react in certain situations. I don't think that there's blanket advice where we could say, if you're nice about it, it will be fine because it depends on who people are. Um, I would get advice, honestly. I would be asking either mentors or trusted confidants on this particular situation on how to navigate it. Therapist, best friend, work mentor who knows about the relationship like I would and I'd also probably be speaking to somebody like a mentor at work just so that I could cover my butt almost to be saying this is what my intention is and kind of have it be the first on the record so that if they if you do break up and it goes wrong and they say horrible things about you you've got at least somebody else in the workplace who knows that that's not the case that is excellent advice yeah because how many people wouldn't think about putting it on the record with a HR person or a boss or somebody else within the organization? That is like 100% the way to go. I love that. Yeah, just like be when you're in a work situation, be on the record and be on the record early. Yes, exactly right. And I think, look, I think that if the relationship within your relationship at the end of the day, whether it's work or not, um, and you're trying to break it off, you know, it, it's bet have that conversation with the person. And um, I always kind of think, you know, it's if a relationship's not working well, it's probably not working well for them either. Mm-hmm. It's probably, you know, and it's probably just people are going through the motions and it's sitting sitting down and going, do you really think this relationship is going that that well? I don't think you seem happy. I'm not happy. I really value you as a friend, um, but I really don't see a long-term future in it. And I really think that we should end it and let's end this in friends. Now, that sounds easy, right? But oh, that's just textbook. It never works out that way in real Sometimes life. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. I have had that. I have done that tactic before and it has worked. And it does depend on the person who's re- who's at the receiving end. And it does depend on if the relationship is just going through the, re- the motions. Um, because sometimes that's like a um, music to the person's ear going, oh, thank God. You know, I was feeling that way too, but I didn't know how to do it. I've never had that. (laughs) It's always been either a complete shock to the other person or I've been the one who's been completely shocked. Blindsided. So either party blindsided. You could use the old, it's not me, it's you. (laughs) 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 Okay. So now you've been dating someone more senior for a while in your team. And people have been making comments of favoritism and you've heard about that behind your back. How do you handle that situation? 
Can I ask a question? Does HR already know about this relationship? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, you've already gone. You've you've had the relationship. Everybody knows, but people are still talking. Well, I guess uh, I would feel, I guess, a little bit personally vindicated by the fact that HR knows, and as long as HR knows, people let them talk. I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong strategy, but in my opinion, if the people who make the decisions about what is and isn't okay are aware of everything then if people want to gossip, that people are going to gossip. Like you can't stop it. And by having, you know, confronting people, you're making it a, a potentially a bigger deal if you're like, stop talking about me or whatever. Um, just make sure that you're dotting every I and crossing every T so that on the record you look unimpeachable. And that you're performing and that you're covering your butt with file notes and all the kind of things. That and everything in writing. You know, just it's all about it's all about making sure that that were someone in a thousand years to discover the records of this and try and surmise what happened, they would be on your side. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's so true. There's a flip um, side. There's a flip side to this. It doesn't always work that you're that you have favoritism. What I've experienced when I was working for my husband, not my current husband, my first husband, um, was that he went the other way. Yes. To, actually, to actually ensure that there was no criticism of favoritism, he was harder on me than he was on any of the other team members to the point where the other team members ended up ganging up, ganging up in support of me to say, lay off, you're not being fair, lay off. So whilst in some instances it can be favoritism, in other instances it can be they treat you worse. They give because they don't want the perception or be seen to favour you. And I think sometimes that's worse. What amazing co-workers you had to actually recognise that and support you in that, though. Small, we're a small team. Um, we were working in a small state. We'd been, we transferred from Sydney to a much smaller state, a much smaller city, very small team, and it was a bit more like a family. So, yeah. Mm. That's good. No, that's good. What about... If you, what would you do if you heard that the person you used to date, so you're not dating her anymore, is spreading rumors about you and has even sent text that you wrote to each other to others? I'd go straight to HR. Honestly, if somebody's sharing material about me without my consent, like, especially if those messages were of an explicit nature you've got a legal case against them as well but I would I would immediately go to HR and say look we were in a relationship hopefully as you knew <laughs> um, and now these things are being said about me I'd potentially also put it in writing before I went to the meeting with HR basically saying I want to talk about this is happening this is happening and this is happening so that it's all on written record um would you sit down with the person who was doing it and say, it has come to my attention or I've heard that this is what you've done or I've seen that this is what you've done? After I'd gone to HR. And it's not on. Yeah, I'd, I'd say after I'd gone to HR because if I went to him or her or whomever first and they found some way to twist the situation before the situation was on record, you Good could point. get yourself into some murky waters. So I'd say, first of all, get it on record and then get it on record what you're going to do so that the outcome is already like you it's can. Traceable. 
traceable. Everything's traceable. You've, your butt is covered in a, imagine, imagine that this is a legal situation immediately, right? Don't imagine that this is just a situation of the heart because when your job is concerned, that's your money, that's your livelihood. And if somebody is spreading rumors about you, you can't just afford to march into the lunchroom and be like, how dare you, you know, put everything on paper before you go in to the, to the chat. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really really sound advice, and that's in almost any of the scenarios. I think the key takeout here is document and have it have it witnessed in terms of another person witnessing that what you're doing or what you're saying or witnessing what you've written. It's all about that that chain of. And now that everything's digital, it's so easy because it's all time stamped. It's all date stamped. You can look at the metadata of whatever you've written down. Even if you only write it in your notes app from your own personal, like if you don't have the courage to go to HR or you hadn't told them about it because it would be a fireable offence or if you've gotten yourself into some really murky waters, text your friends about what's happening, times and dates, and put it in your notes app because you can look at the metadata of when you wrote that. And yeah. you can also but WhatsApp can yourself think- now because you can, you know, send messages to yourself and those sorts of things or emails mm-hmm. to yourself. I'm just file noting this and send an email to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the real takeout message is um, you don't do that in the first place. At the end of the day, you know, I've got a whole chapter on it in my book about, you know, people who've lost their careers because they sent pictures and texts and they got out and they were sent to other people and it got out in the press and all this other stuff. And the reality is we are in an environment where we do text and we do, that is the way people are communicating. But if you are having a relationship with someone at work, you need to also put that in your memory bank about what not to do. That yeah, I'm not keep everything talk. on that off the record and keep everything about the relationship on the record. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, is that if you're having an argument with someone, pick up the phone. And verbalize it with them. Don't start swearing at them. You're blah, blah, blah. And you're this, that, and the other thing. Because thinking, but if you are going to text, always think that text could get out into a public forum. And so they'll be cryptic. So it doesn't sound, you know, if, if they won't pick up my phone call, I'll just send, we're over. I mean, how bad is that? That's not, but instead of getting graphic and instead of, or even in the, the romantic part of your um, relationship, not sending pictures and things like that, without thinking these could eventually get out into the public if this relationship ends. So seriously, if you're going to send a picture, you better plan on marrying that person and staying together for the next 40 years. Otherwise, don't send it. And don't use work email. Don't use work email for correspondence. And never, ever, ever use work email for personal correspondence. No. Uh, because you will be tracked. They, there, there are. I know situations where certain words are picked up by the companies, and they do work emails or work emails. So, um, you know, it, it can be we're spied on for everything. So, <laughs> yeah. Look, some advice that I've given out on my podcast before is never ever put anything in writing that you wouldn't want either read out in court or read out to your mum. That's exactly right. That is good so advice. Great. Now, here's the last question, and this is something that's going to start happening in the coming months. So you're at a work function or silly season. (laughs) You're at a work function and everyone is having fun. John, let's just call him John. John, who you work with, looks pretty good all of a sudden. (laughs) 
you have you have an amazing night with John because you know people have had a little bit of bubbly. Um, you have it. However, things are different in the light of day. You're not interested anymore. However, John thinks he has found his soulmate. What do you do? See, look, this is a tricky one for me, Judith, because I actually, some people think I'm silly, but I don't drink at work functions. That's good. Um, so I might have one or two max because I feel like work functions, you're at work still, you know. So I don't think, you know, there would be a situation. I feel like I'm being so holier than that. I don't think there'd be a situation where I thought John looked good with beer goggles because I wouldn't have beer goggles on. Um, but if I got in that situation and he looked good that night and then in the morning I thought, oh, God, what have I done? I'd probably sit down and just say, look, I'm, I don't really um, have space in my life for a relationship at the moment, um, but I think you're great and this was great. And, you know, it's the compliment sandwich where you say, thank you, this is great, um, you know, and Honestly, I'd probably put a bit of self-deprecation in there because that's what I do and be like, you don't want to be with me. Like, I'm a mess. Bye. (laughs) This particular situation was a real example of someone who was at a Christmas party and um, they all all went um, at at this particular person's house and she, she, um, uh, she was with her boss, female, two females. She was with her boss and her boss said, do you want to um, share the Uber with me? And she said, no, no, I'll get one. Do you, you go. And so the boss left and um, she stayed. And then that's when things happened. And then she woke up the next morning going, what have I done? Cause she also had a boyfriend. And so, yeah. And so then she gets to work and um, cause she, she got up and left right away. A walk of shame out the door um, but then when they got to work he's like oh I had such a wonderful night it was just a great you know and she's like oh my god what am I going to do and that I goes to the only thing you can do is be honest and just say look I had had too much to drink and I think you're wonderful but I also am in a relationship with somebody else and that was a mistake and I'd also really like if you had a boyfriend I feel like you've got to tell them right like you can't yeah. Because otherwise then this person has something over you where they could threaten to out you. So unfortunately you've got to do the the, the difficult thing and expose yourself to make this situation not dangerous. Absolutely. And I think there were two lessons from that particular story that one, you're saying that you don't drink at work. Now, you've learned that over the years. Most people learn I've that. I've seen over the- so many. It's It actually started when I worked in retail and I would have been 15 or 16 and I saw the bosses getting so messy at our massive group um, Christmas parties and doing such stupid things that I just grew up going, we don't drink at work function. We drink at work because a work so function. It's, it's work. work. You're still at yeah. work. Basically, at work. work is paying for the booze. I'm not drinking. Whereas if it's going out with colleagues and we're paying for our own things, then it's not a work function. It's a social yeah. function. Absolutely. Yeah. And people who are listening today who are employers or who are having these Christmas parties, um, you put your company and yourself at the biggest risk by providing nonstop alcohol for people. Now this person came with a boss. And so the boss should have said, knowing 
that the person in her team had had too much to drink because they had already said they had drank way too much. And that's why the boss said, come with me in the Uber. She actually should have said, no, we're taking this Uber together. Responsible service of alcohol. Responsible she could have taken because if something negative would have happened to, to her, which it did, obviously it did negative, but if something really, really happened um, that she had no say in, um, well, who's going to get, I mean, the company is going to be at risk for a lot because that was a work function alcohol was paid by the work by work people were over drinking negligence it'll come down to negligence she left her there and um she should have been adamant no you're coming home i'll drop you off and that would have been if we look at all the situations over the years where there's been issues of sexual harassment or impropriety or whatever alcohol has been involved and so if you take alcohol out of the work environment to the point, you know, so that it's not, imagine it would probably change the landscape and that it seemed like a good idea at the time wouldn't happen. So the, the, the moral to this story is if the company's serving alcohol, take responsibility for your own career and don't drink it. Don't drink it. Or, you know, do the keep it or the two, the two. I remember when um, uh, we had conferences years ago when I was running financial recruitment group and I would say to the consultants, go into the event, grab a wine and have it in your hand, but don't be drinking it. Like in other words, so people don't keep going because the, the clients and stuff would go, why aren't you drinking? And then people would you know, try to make them drink, right? Assume the position, go around, say hello to people, get out of there by nine o'clock because I don't want you staying there. This is a work function. Yeah, this um, isn't this isn't friends. This isn't this is it might it's in the it's in the domain of feeling like it's hanging with friends, but if work is paying for it, then it is not hanging with friends. You are at, essentially at an after hours meeting. Yes, exactly, exactly That's right. Exactly. So, you know, these work relationships and things like that, the the short-term one-nighters and that you know happen a lot of times because of the alcohol situation and then it puts people in the in the wrong um puts them in a bad spot all the way around mm-hmm. so, so partially, I'm not saying don't drink ever because drinking sometimes can be fun but just if you wouldn't crack one open in the middle of a midday meeting then maybe don't drink at an after hours work event <laughs> Exactly. And if you would crack one open in the middle of a midday meeting, we have other issues we need to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> so, Judith, some parting some parting words of advice. We'll just do a quick run around. So, look, the parting words of advice is, you know, with everything that you do from a work point of view, think it through clearly. Ask people their advice of people you respect and know who have been there, done that. Um and, and get, you know, get a second opinion with anything if you're having doubt about it. But if you are in a relationship at work and you start seeing red flags, like the ones that we've spoken about of being put down or, um, you know, being treated like, you know, um, lesser than, well, those are red flags. So it's prob- perhaps not the best relationship for you. <laughs> and um, But if it was me, I'd find my partners elsewhere not in my direct team, if you can. Elizabeth? Look, the heart takes over sometimes. So sometimes you do find love in your 
direct team, but as we spoke about earlier, I'd say evaluate it at one step at a time if it's just a colleague, like not a boss. So, you know, make sure that it's what you want, cover your butt, get things in writing, make sure that every part of it is documented if you do go ahead with it. And I would just say blanket, don't date your boss. Yeah, don't date your boss. Yep. So manage for me, manage your boundaries, which is basically what you were saying, Elizabeth. Be respectful in your communications if you're letting people down. So that's that kind of that 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 sandwich that we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, document, 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 document. Can't say (laughs) enough. Elizabeth's been fantastic chatting. Thank you for joining us for these um two episodes and um and everybody. Tune in to Elizabeth's podcast, uh, Ghost of Boyfriends Past, and um, we've had a blast having you here today. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. For more information about Every Step and our guests, head to everysteppodcast.com. To be notified of new podcasts, please subscribe via your favourite listening platform. And, of course, follow us on social media and direct message us to share your ideas about guests or topics.